conversations about yesterday's animation animations. Saturday morning cartoon fair. Days past to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nickelodeon. Thundercats. Ghostbusters. Transformers. DuckTales. Days. Days. Days past to That's not a particularly deep show. So you will like us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Days Past Tooncast. My name is Will. My name is Travis. And on this podcast, we have adult conversations about... Yesterday's animations. Yesterday's animations. Yeah. Funny you should say that, Travis. Why is that? Funny ha-ha? Funny hee-hee. Okay. Funny tee-tee-tee. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Funny you say that because today's animation is... Yesterday's animation, of course, as mm-hmm. always. But yep. that yesterday's animation is a animation about tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Follow me here. Everyone, hit your hit your back ten seconds mm-hmm. and listen to that again, yep. and you'll know what we're saying. Yeah. This is yesterday's animation about the future. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a bright future that it spells out for us. Uh-huh. And this cartoon is from a franchise that has been bringing us bright futures. Low these many years. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't. How long ago was the sixties? Now sixty years. <laughs> it also makes sense for us to cover this one right now because we're all cooped up because of pandemic. Yeah, quarantined to the max. Oh, yep. qu- quarantined up. <laughs> if I was quarantined to the max, I'd be in a fucking hazmat suit right now. <laughs> it is kind of like being on a spaceship if you don't leave your house most of the day, mm-hmm. and all the many maladies that come from that, like not enough vitamin D. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the entire nation is probably suffering from at this point. <laughs> this franchise also has a brand new animated series out mm-hmm. and is currently broadcasting a new season of its flagship show. It was the perfect time for us to really cover this tune. It is. Even the season I last year I was introduced to this franchise during fall and winter time and now I think they just they go together so well. Okay. It's the perfect Sunday afternoon sci-fi cuz you can just sit down with tea Earl Grey. Or Crumpet, yeah. <laughs> or tea or Crumpet. <laughs> yeah, you choose. <laughs> yeah, you choose. This is America. It's your choice. Yeah, you don't double those up. Without further ado, we got to get to it. Yes. The cartoon that we're covering today is, in fact, Star, Star Trek, Trek. The, the Animated <laughs> <laughs> so, Sometimes that double up works. Sometimes but, uh, it doesn't work. Here. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Star Trek... The animated series. It's been on our spreadsheet uh-huh. for a, since before I ever watched anything with Star Trek. Yeah. Because I'm a recent convert. Oh, that's right. Yeah, to, you, you recently got your card, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. I got my ears, my mm-hmm. Spock ears. I got my fingers permanently fused so I can always be living long and prospering. <laughs> oh, that's what's going on? Okay. Yeah. It also uh, doubles as a good TMNT hand at the end of the day. No, you're yeah. right. You're right. So I'm on brand. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> Uh, Star Trek, the animated series. I uh-huh. thought it was a billion TV shows. Right. <laughs> and it is. Uh-huh. It is a lot of TV shows and a number of movies. Star Trek, the motion picture. The Wrath of Khan. The Search for Spock. The Voyage Home. The Undiscovered Country. The Next Generation. Deep Space Nine. Voyager. Star Trek, the experience at the Las Vegas Hilton. This time, it's real. For ticket information, call 1-888-GO-BOLDLY. 
that ran for uh, 22 episodes over two seasons from uh, 73 to 74. Oh, in those sweet 70s. Oh, I know, right? On NBC. The Peacock, baby. It's maybe it's on Peacock. Yeah, it's certainly on Amazon. If you have the Paramount <laughs> package, which I do, because I'm watching Star Trek, guys. Like I said, I'm only recently into Star Trek, and I came to it through the Next Generation. Mm-hmm. I thought this show is going to be boring. Uh, it's something that would show on UPN, which I think we've covered on this show as not a, a neighborhood you want to drive through all the time. Uh, I, I couldn't have been more wrong. Lock your doors when you, you, lock, go, when you exactly, go through UPN. Exactly. Yeah. There's nothing to fear from Star uh-huh. Trek The Next Generation. It is except crying, which I did multiple times in watching it. Oh, yeah, so that's yeah. where I come in. But Travis, when we decided to cover Star Trek, the animated series, yeah. I asked you point blank, Travis, do you know anything about Star Trek? And I said, gosh, no, I don't. Before we watched the episode, we agreed that it might be good for you to get down on tape your impression of Star Trek. Uh huh. Yeah. Because some people just lump it in with Star Wars. Uh, some people will m- literally murder you if you even start to do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lots of people know that it exists. If you don't, go fuck yourself. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yep. You know, I'm sorry, but you should. <laughs> no. You've heard of you've heard of Star Trek, yeah. So I hopped in my car, um, <laughs> parked in a parking lot, uh, put put <laughs> put a pop filter over my phone, and recorded what I thought Star Trek was. Uh, I thank you for parking while you did it. Yeah, I parked. <laughs> no, listen, I started off driving. I was like, you know what? This is this is gonna hit the air. Let me go ahead and park this bad boy. <laughs> I I thank you more for the safety of others. But yes. Mm-hmm. Let's hear from old Travis. All right. So Star Trek. What I know about it, let's see, you got you got hunky beefcake William Shatner <laughs> uh, floating around in a mustard yellow space sweater. Uh, it's space, but yet everyone's wearing sweaters. It's a weird one to me. Uh, what else? I, I know that Klingon, uh, people speaking that. Um, you got Spock, beam me up. That's true. You got green ladies. I think they're known for like the first uh, intergalactic uh, kiss on TV. I, I know that's a big one. And I feel like there's been at least six different reboots and concepts of this show of uh, just guys cruising through space. Um, <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> and I don't know why they're doing that. I don't know who they're employed by or or what their purpose is. I know they're probably some sort of space federation, but man, that's, that's all I know about Star Trek. I don't really know that much, I guess. You like how I ended it on a high note there? <laughs> Yeah, you you uh-huh. really you really ended it like like you are setting up a Star Trek introductory <laughs> yeah. VHS tape. I guess I don't really know much in the end. Tell me, and then Doctor Star yeah. Trek comes in to tell you more. Okay, so Doctor Doctor uh, Star Trek, take it away, please. <laughs> well, so I I will I will uh, preface this with yeah. I am not Doctor Star Trek. Okay, I only play him. On uh-huh. podcasts. Okay. I, I'm only, re- like I said, I'm only recently into Star Trek, and, and really it's a limited exposure yep. that I've had. Okay. You really didn't get anything wrong. Okay. It's just that there looks like there's a lot of blank spots, uh-huh. some of which I may be able to elucidate for you right now. Okay. And some of which I still don't know. Uh, all right. Well, that's a start. <laughs> Let's find out together. Come with me. Come <laughs> yeah. with me, Dr. <laughs> Star Trek. <laughs> so the concept of Star Trek. Okay. The original series specifically. Mm -hmm. It was created by Mean Gene Roddenberry. Ooh, baby. He was a writer for television, and he had a lot of big ideas about a sci-fi show that could be topical. Yeah. That was envisioning a future where people were equal, where crime had been 
gotten rid of because it's a post-scarcity world, like hunger and poverty, at least in many parts of the universe, are just not a thing anymore. Yeah. You've got teleporters or transporters, uh-huh. sorry, beam me up indeed. <laughs> You've got uh, replicator, what are they called? Probably food replicators, whatever it is. The things yeah. that, see, I, like I said, you're a novice. recent convert. <laughs> you're a novice. Oh, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm ready for the, or am I, the deluge of corrections that we could possibly receive for touching on this, okay? Yes. So that's, I just want to be careful. We're on holy ground. Yes. They have machines that can make food while you're in space. They yeah. just say, hey, you want a spaghetti? Here you go. There Boom. you go. They, yeah. they poop it out. Yeah. The USS Enterprise is the ship. It's employed, as you'd put it, by Starfleet, which is not a military group, supposedly, but they do train for combat and have weapons. I don't know. I I guess they're kind of like the UN police. Like the UN has their own people that do things that are... (laughs) I guess pseudo military. Like yeah. that, it's that even even the real world aspect is uh, right. confusing to me. I don't know, <laughs> but Starfleet is is their their group, mm-hmm. and that is a an organization within the United Federation of Planets, which is basically the UN of space. Not everybody's a member, but their hope is that everyone joins in because it's about peace and understanding, and putting aside racial differences. So Federation did past Trav. Yep. Nail it? He sure did. Boom. Call him up. Yep. Send him a package. (laughs) Specifically, the Enterprise's mission, as put in the original series. Space. Space. The final frontier. (laughs) These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds. Can I move in? You got a lot of space. <laughs> to seek out new life and new civilizations. I'll need all this relationship. I need some to space. To boldly <laughs> go where no man has gone before. When you say guys wandering around in space, mm-hmm. that is that is multiple versions of this show. Because there have been, from the original version <laughs> in the 60s up to now, Yeah, that is the basic concept of the original series and the next generation, kind of a Voyager that is mostly what they're about is exploration, uh-huh. finding new peoples, new places, new resources, and don't fuck them up if they're not as smart as you. And just cruising. And just cruising. It really, I mean, really, they're just like drifters. They're space yeah. drifters just wandering around. It's like that show Kung Fu. You're uh-huh. just wandering from town to town looking for either trouble or for something cool. Now, the original series ran for 70, it did better than the animated series. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Didn't run that long, though. It ran for 79 episodes over three seasons, mm-hmm. 1966 through 1969. So once it heard that the 60s were ending, it said, oh, man, we got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and it did. Actually, no, they were canceled. The ratings the ratings went down, right? It, here's the thing. It ultimately had like a very big fan base. Yeah. But we had not yet had the, the family guy comeback. Uh-huh. That's now just common. It's like if a show gets canceled, you're like, well, it'll land somewhere. They didn't know what they had till it was gone. gone. The original series and the cartoon that we're covering today really focused on a trio of main characters. It was an ensemble cast. You had a lot of people on the ship, a lot of crew members. Mm -hmm. But you really had three main guys. Spock, Mr. Spock. Yeah, you address him as Mr. Please. As I understand it, if you are above Spock in your rank, you can call him Mr. Spock if you're nasty. But (laughs) if you are below him, you would call him, I guess, Lieutenant Spock. Everybody on this fucking show is a lieutenant if they're not captain. Uh Everybody has lieutenant in front of their name. (laughs) Mr. Spock, the pointed-eared man himself, played by Leonard Nimoy. He is half Vulcan and all asshole. (laughs) 
I know he's a popular guy, and I know that you know as things go, the cartoon is not necessarily representative of the character. But in the episode that we watched, he's kind of a dick. Like because his whole thing are you know the Vulcans basically have rejected or tamed their emotions. Mm-hmm. They see that as a part of them that needs to go away or not be listened to or ex- expressed. <laughs> Right? right? Sounds like what people do so they don't murder uh-huh. <laughs> on our planet, at least. They push it down exactly. way far. <laughs> he struggles with it more than other Vulcans because he's half human, but it gets him attention. And he's always a topic of conversation because he traded his emotions for science and is now frustrating everyone around him in his life. <laughs> this guy really just did nerd things so hard that everybody had to ask him to be friends with him because they miss him. <laughs> And he doesn't understand why they can't just get on board with this thing. Uh, he's a nerd's hero because that's mm-hmm. what you want as a nerdy. Or I, I think I wanted as a nerdy kid wasn't for them to like me uh-huh. necessarily. It was for them to want me to be a part of the group yeah. and to pursue me. And like happens in the episode we watched like this, somebody finds you attractive despite that yeah. and that you don't even notice because you're so in your own world <laughs> Of D&D and video games, whatever. Because that's, I mean, math and science, D&D and video games. Hand in hand. Hand in hand, baby. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, especially again, in the cartoon, that is how Mr. Spock comes across. Because he, just because you're dedicated to logic doesn't mean you have to talk like a robot. Uh Like the first time that we see him, they're in pursuit of somebody. We'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. But the way that he puts how the guy's probably on this planet, Uh he puts it in a decimal percentage. The probability of his presence on Motherload is 81% plus or minus 0.53. Why can't you just say, Mud's probably there? I just did, Doctor. That's not necessary. <laughs> I mean, and he chooses to do it, and I feel like he knows that. <laughs> right. And he's just trolling people. Uh-huh. He goes into his quarters at the end of the shift and just like writes in his journal like, <laughs> I got him today, Got baby. him again. <laughs> Moving on, Dr. Leonard Bones McCoy. Mm. Anybody who's named Bones has got a story. Uh-huh. They may not be able to share it for legal reasons, but I want to. I want to know that person. They, they, they wore an eye patch in a former life. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. The actor that played him, I always think it's Forrest De Kelly. Okay, but, but it's DeForest Kelly. Oh, which is no more a name to me than the other one. I mean, a DeForest is what we're doing to the jungles of Africa, aren't we? Yeah. Like the rainforest, we're getting rid of it. His role on the show is to be grounded. Like he he has seen some shit. Yeah. And he doesn't talk about it all the time because he's a doctor. He's under uh-huh. a lot of pressure. He's yeah. constantly having to tell his captain, damn it, I'm not a healer of minds. I'm just a doctor. What am I, a doctor or a moon shuttle conductor? I'm a doctor, not an escalator. Spock, give me a hand. I'm still chief medical officer in Enterprise. I'll tell you what you need and when you need it. He doesn't trust technology completely. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which to me is a how you are technology. You in the, are in technology in the 23rd century. <laughs> it's, it's the equivalent of like, I guess, like if somebody now was like, well, I'm not going to use the brand new iPhones. I don't trust them. Uh-huh. I will use an iPhone four though. <laughs> like maybe that's I don't know if that person exists, but that's kind of what because he's on a ship in space for five fucking years, man. You mm-hmm. better learn. He must be in constant terror if he doesn't yeah. trust tech. Just uh, open your arms, accept it. You're, yeah, you're in it. Tech is making life nice for you guys. <laughs> When's the last time you had to cook a meal? Of course, there's still one crew member, an important crew member to discuss. The top man, the captain. 
ladies' man McGee. You gotta wonder why. I mean, I guess he was a handsome man at the time. Oh hell yeah! But it was yeah. also the swagger, the swagger. Because this guy comes, uh, Captain James Tiberius Kirk. <laughs> Some people call him Jim <laughs> if they're friends with him. Yeah, you call him Captain if you're smart, uh, and you call him Tiberius. I guess if you're his grandma, oh. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, played by old Bill Shatner. Mm-hmm. We all know that guy. Oh, Billy. The the original big dick energy, this guy. <laughs> all day. I, I mean, just the way he sat in the captain's chair, like at a lean. Big Armin all big day. Ar- yes. And not especially built as no. a man either. Uh, so it's like he didn't even have, it was, it was all from within. It was uh-huh. all from his delivery as a, a melodramatic actor. You are warned, Captain, never to touch me again. If I touch you again, your glory, it'll be to administer an ancient earth custom called a spanking. On the cartoon that we watched, he is very muted, which is true of everybody. It's like there's a gas leak in the studio Uh and it's slowing everybody (laughs) down just a tiny bit. Yes. Here's the thing for me. The character, he's the maverick, right? Yeah. Because he's the guy who's in charge, but he ain't doing it anybody else's way, baby. (laughs) He may have captain before his name, but he is one of the boys. And guess what? He doesn't give a shit what you want him to do. But he also respects authority and tradition, but he's a rebel. Uh. But he's a ladies' man, but he's actually very passionately in love with this lady from the past. Intergalactic renaissance, yes, man. Even his shortcomings are like cool ones. Yeah. Uh, baby, my weakness, ladies, chasing skirts. I'm too passionate about things. It's like somebody giving an inter- job interview. like, and, and I feel like this is somebody... Too passionate. <laughs> too passionate. I, just, I never give up on things. I'm too soulful, baby. Uh, <laughs> if, you're, if you're at a job interview, don't end your sentences with baby unless it's I have taken care of baby. Unless you're talking to a, an actual baby. Or a baby. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, you would think with all of that great stuff that they would just be on the air until they didn't want to be anymore. Mm -hmm. But those three titans of industry, the space industry, (laughs) leading the way. And yet they were canceled Mm -hmm. in 1969. And the first Star Trek motion picture wasn't until 1979, 10 years later. So that got some time to fill. (laughs) Fandom of the show only grew during that time. It's like the fans were quite literally keeping it alive in their minds and hearts. They, they wanted were, it back, yeah. So they got it back, mm-hmm. kind of. <laughs> in some ways, yes, in some ways, no. Mm-hmm. With Star Trek, the animated series. Gene Roddenberry, old mean Gene, was quite involved with this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really a labor of love by the original team as much as it could be. Yeah, all right. So how did Filmation, the company... Who brought us He-Man and the Masters <laughs> of Lilithus. I knew you had it. And uh, Brave Star and She-Ra. Yeah. And a, a lot of good, well, fun Fat shows. Albert and Fat the Cosby Albert kids, and the baby. Co- and, the, and the redacted kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how did that happen? How did they do that? Mm-hmm. Well, a writer on the show, a woman named D.C. Fontana, Her name is Dorothy Fontana. She was DC because that was easier to be a possibly a man than a woman on a writing team. Uh, So she had that name. DC Fontana uh, was part of the original writing team on the show and then on the cartoon as well. Here's how she tells it. Well, as I recall, Filmation had the idea of possibly doing Star Trek and they approached NBC. And then the two of them, Lou Scheimer and an NBC representative, came to Gene Roddenberry. 
And Roddenberry thought it was a very good idea, actually. He called me and had yeah. me come out and talk with Lou Scheimer. We'll do my show again. Then we approached the actors, <laughs> and uh, they were quite enthusiastic about it. It was an opportunity to work. They were pretty happy about it. I imagine they were. Yeah. Uh, so they, <laughs> Filmation was actually interested in doing a Star Trek animated adaption before 1973, when this came out. Mm -hmm. Back in 69, when the show was getting canceled, they had approached, I guess, Gene Roddenberry and co., about doing a show, a Star Trek cartoon, yeah. about new kid cadets being trained by the old crew of the Enterprise. Mm, okay. All right, all right, now, I'm following you. that was soundly rejected. Yeah. Uh, no thank you. <laughs> I wish we had seen it, and we kind of did, because a lot of those ideas were recycled into a show called Space Academy. Founded in the star year 3732. Because nothing at Filmation is ever wasted. That is a company that will, they if they could just show you the same episode with the new title card, to keep jobs in America, you gotta they would have done it. You gotta love Lou Scheimer. You gotta love old Lou. And, and them. Mm -hmm. They use the whole buffalo mm -hmm. when it comes to cartoons. <laughs> Uh, so that that wasn't a complete waste, but they did not go with that concept. They mm -hmm. went with the concept of keep doing the show as it was, but for 20 minutes instead of 50. <laughs> that was their hope. Nice. Lots of the writers came back and a lot of people who were involved considered it. They treated it like a fourth season. So a fun fact, interesting fact. During 1973, there was a uh, there was a writer's strike. Oh, is that right? And so they were able to write for this cartoon. Um, and not, you know, not, not be scabs. Yeah. Not, not, yeah. Not be yeah, scabs. Not so, be a, uh, fucking dirty scabs. Yeah, so this cartoon actually reaped the benefits of that and had, had like a surplus of writers. It's funny. Uh, usually the writer's guild strikes are what rob us of television. Not this one nope. though, baby boy. Nope, nope, doesn't, nope. doesn't apply to the tunage. Like DC Fontana said, they went to the actors, the actors of the original show, the cast, according to her, they were all happy to, to come back to the show. How did you feel about not being included in the voiceover work for it? I was really upset. I was really upset. That's Walter Koenig. <laughs> We're going to be hearing more from him. He played Chekhov. Very upset. He was very upset. Very upset. Very upset. And she knew what she was asking for. <laughs> She's opening up. Uh, he played Chekhov, who was an ensign on the show, like a low-ranking, like a, a new guy. Okay. He had a unique experience. The guys who were, who were running that company... I can't think of their names. Filmation. Um, Lou Scheimer. It's Lou. They decided that they wanted to make this animated show as budget conscious as they could. That's Lou. Of, yeah, of course they did. <laughs> and, uh, and in fact, they wanted Majel to do not only her voice, but Michelle's voice. And for Jimmy to do his voice and George Takei's voice. So they could cut down on two of the actors, the salaries of two of the actors. And I, and I was going to be dismissed entirely. And they actually wanted Prince Adam to be the image for all of it. <laughs> well, this is, this is right on brand for Filmation. 100%. Because their casts are always three people uh -huh. who do many voices. And then anything more than that, Lou the, Scheimer, the gardener. <laughs> well, Lou Scheimer and his daughter. <laughs> yes. Every time. Yes. That is typical for them. The issue there, of course, uh, besides just the original cast wasn't coming back. It was just some people. Yeah. It was that a black woman and an Asian man in this future of supposed diversity were getting edged out. The character of Uhura and of Sulu uh -huh. were now going to be played by two white people to save money. Mm -hmm. And there's a guy that didn't like that idea. Well, Leonard, heard, this is one of those things about Leonard. He heard and he 
he uh, gave them an ultimatum that he would not be in it unless they were. Because they were there at the beginning, they helped sell the series, mm -hmm. and they were responsible for its success. I guess my coming in the second year uh, uh, carried less weight. <laughs> so he didn't argue, he didn't argue at the point for me, but he did argue for them. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Honestly, he sounds more angry than he seemed, or more more passive-aggressively upset yeah. than he actually looks, if you see the, the video. <laughs> but, I, you know, and, and I know you were an ensign. It's like you were the low low man on the totem pole, and you're, at the end of the day, another white guy. Like, we didn't have to have you on the show. So, man, yeah, Leonard Nimoy sticking his neck out, saying, I ain't going to do this dumbass show mm -hmm. unless you let these people play the characters that they originated. And having that many voices, ultimately, that they ended up with, which is most of the original cast, that's like triple their usual size. Uh -huh. That was like, that was the fullest setup they ever had. The fullest session. Yeah, no no social distancing in, in, that, in no. that studio. And frankly, they should have started then. <laughs> yes. And Gene Roddenberry said, okay, fine. We can do that. But only if I have a long neck guy with three arms and three legs uh -huh. and a cat woman with go-go boots then it's a done deal. Uh, I'll sign on the dotted line right now. Yes, because there were some additions to be made to the cast now that we're in the world of animation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Your mind's a candy store. Go pick some. Give me an alien and a cat woman now. That's <laughs> like that they have to be. One is an alien yep. and one is a cat woman. <laughs> and that's pretty much right. Uh, that's the idea they wanted to with the show since they didn't have to deal with costuming that everything's drawn. It's not humans having to be in there yeah. that they could really spread their wings and fly, fly as far as creative mm -hmm. alien designs go. <laughs> George Takei, who played Sulu on the show, also shared his thoughts and feelings about the animated series. You know, the animated version is really not one of my favorites. He's <laughs> <laughs> <This> poor... <laughs> <laughs> Poor filmation, always the underdog when it comes always. to these shows. Uh, why was that, Mr. Takei? I thought when we began, the animated series would have a wonderful opportunity to really explore science fiction. With the animated version, we can have totally different kind of life forms that could not be created on a soundstage. But none of that was explored. <laughs> Uh, the aliens, again, happened to be two arms, two legs, uh, two eyes. Sometimes three. they had four or eight <laughs> eyes, but it was limited. So I don't think with the animated, we really reached its true animation potential. And I need a letter of apology from him to Lou Scheimer's <laughs> estate. Yes. Because everything he's saying is true uh, uh, about uh. the show and about filmation. But here's the thing. They had even less money than usual for animation because they had to pay you guys to be on the show. <laughs> so I, I, did you notice that in the show there are times where someone will just suddenly cover their mouth? Uh -huh. like, like they're thinking like this. Oh, man. Stroking my beard so that you don't have to animate their mouth moving. <laughs> <laughs> or how many times you zoom out and actions are done in complete silhouette. Uh-huh. That is to pay for the people who who deservedly should have been on the show. Yep. Uh, and not Koenig to be on the show. <laughs> so these these two characters, these aliens that they added to the crew, yep. were lieutenant. And again, everybody's a lieutenant. It's really they just hand you a lieutenant badge when you walk in the door, I, I guess. Is your, that's your entry level. That's your, yeah, that's your yeah. baseline. If yeah. you're visiting, uh -huh. they just give you lieutenant bars on the side. <laughs> uh, lieutenant 
Arex? I believe so. A-R-E-X. Mm-hmm. He is a red man, mm-hmm. a red alien man. Yep. Uh, <laughs> not quite like a gray alien, but if you were to just imagine a generic red alien man, uh-huh. you're mostly there. It is funny that he's just wearing your standard, like, you know, uniform, the uh-huh. Starfleet uniform, because they're all basically human shaped. Uh-huh. Any of these aliens that they're bringing on the show. <laughs> But he has an arm out of his chest. That's right. And he still has the other two. Don't (laughs) think it's just like it's misplaced. He has three arms and three legs. Yep. What a win for him. Uh (laughs) That's great. Uh, Other than that, he's bald and has yellow eyes, but he's just a big red man with those things. That caused a problem over at at Filmation. (laughs) They couldn't figure out. Okay. A walk cycle. Uh You know what it is, Travis, just in case. A walk cycle an animation is a looping set of animation for a given character that you can just have on loop so that they can walk across the screen and you use it specifically in filmation every time. This is how they walk and we'll just keep looping it and looping it and looping it. Mm-hmm. They could not <laughs> they could not figure out how to do a walk cycle for a three-legged man. Yeah. So that character was never seen moving. He was always sitting, sitting or yep. standing. And I'm going to tell you, if Filmation couldn't figure out the walk cycle, uh-huh. ain't nobody going to figure uh-huh. out that walk cycle because they were the kings of making people walk from one side of the screen to the other and back. How much you want to bet that Lou was like, hey, uh, can he just have one arm and one leg? It'd be less, it'd be less animation. Oh, no? Okay, okay. The other... I guess there's more that, I mean, Spock is an alien crewmate, but he's half human and he looks like a human with elf ears. Yeah. Uh, this is another alien looking member. And I don't think they said her name in the episode. So I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Yeah, I don't think so either. Imres? Imres. It is M apostrophe R-E-S-S. Imres. Mm. Cool. She is basically a human woman with fur and tons of 70s hair. Yeah. In, in a go-go dress, which is how the ladies on the ship dress. Who looks a little bit like Ukla the monk in, in the face in the face region. Yes, from Thundar the Barbarian. Yes. Yeah, she she only ever... Sp- she speaks like this. She's like in vocal fry eternally. <laughs> she is... She should... She really should have like an... Uh, what is it? An ASMR yes, <laughs> channel? Yes. She would now. You're funny and very attractive for a human. I don't know if it needs to be said, but Filmation was a cheap place. We've said it. They've said it. Uh, they, they got good stuff out yeah. of it. The animation is not bad <laughs> on the show. Or the I'm sorry. The design is, it looks like the show. It yeah. looks like Star Trek. It's just poorly animated. Uh-huh. Cheaply animated. Yep. But it's very funny to me to think of, uh, some of these people are kind of like legends of the screen for other reasons besides Star Trek eventually. Right. Shatner and Nimoy recording parts for the people who gave us He-Man. Uh-huh. It's the equivalent of Beyonce showing up to like an apartment recording studio. And it's uh-huh. like, oh, oh, wait a minute. And they were probably just like, hey, nice to have you, Mr. Shatner. <laughs> and I imagine he did not. I don't know. I mean, he's, you know, by differing accounts, he may or may not be hard to work with. Mr. Right. Shatner seems like most signs are pointing to yes. I, I checked with three eight balls and they all pointed uh-huh. to yes. So that's three hands. Science point to it. And I I thought it was the perfect opportunity to touch on something about Mr. Shatner. Okay. Uh, Something that I've been chasing down on the internet. I've been sleuthing about it. You little sleuther. I thought it was related to the cartoon specifically. Okay. I was incorrect. Okay. And I found out about this through Futurama, of all things. All right. The cartoon Futurama on a commentary track. 
Maurice LaMarche, the brain himself, yeah. he played out this scene. He did his impression of it, of William Shatner doing a take and a director asking him to do it again and his response to that. that I didn't realize at the time that's a very famous interaction. All right. I want you to hear the version of it that is most readily available, <laughs> the best sounding version of it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Listen closely. I'm listening, buddy. This is old tape. <laughs> I've gone through multiple layers of shit. <laughs> Spock, sabotage the system. <laughs> okay, we have line 193 again with uh, sabotage, can I sabotage? I don't say sabotage. You say sabotage. I say sabotage. <laughs> okay, so I know it's not the easiest thing to hear what the director asks for, uh -huh. but he says, can we run line 93 again or 193? Yep. yep. And he's asking for him to not say the weird version of sabotage that he says, which is sabotage. Yeah. And his response is, I, I don't say sabotage. You say sabotage. I say sabotage. And that's that's just not how you pronounce that word. Uh -huh. I, don't, I don't know. I, it's a weird, lazy way to pronounce it. Sabotage. Okay. Funny enough, I guess, because it's just like him just being kind of curt with the director, whoever it might have been. Uh -huh. And this is from the recording of a like a 1993 video game, it turns out, <laughs> or something like that, a Star Trek computer game that they actually got the original people back. I had always thought it was the cartoon. Thank you. But it was too good to let go. You're welcome. But here's, the story's that. not over. <laughs> okay. Because I had always heard an addendum to the end of that. I love addendums. <laughs> You know it's about me. I, yes. Yes. I had always heard another phrase at the end of that, and I could not for the life of me find it. has been scrubbed from the internet. And somehow I happened upon a, a real, I'll say janky site <laughs> about bloopers, and, and it has like animated faces of, of celebrities speaking out the audio files that they have. It's really, it seems very ni like 2001. Okay. Like it's on GeoCities somewhere. <laughs> it was the only place that I could find an admittedly shitty sounding version of what was the original full funny take. Uh, and it will require some interpretation. Spock, sabotage the system. Spock, restore the atmosphere. Spock, sabotage the system. He doubles down on it. Okay, do you have line 192 again? With so, same thing again so far. I don't say sabotage. You say sabotage. I say sabotage. Oh, Please don't tell me how to do it. It's sick of me. <laughs> okay, I know it's very hard to tell. But the agreed upon last phrase that he says uh -huh. is, it sickens me. And in between, he says something along the lines of, uh, please don't tell me how to do my job. Or, uh -huh. uh, please don't tell me how to do it. Yeah. It sickens me. <laughs> so I don't I don't know if he has people out scrubbing the internet trying to find versions of it or or why it's so hard to find now because mm -hmm. like, that's clearly not a great sounding version. Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. I do appreciate I, that. So a few years ago, or I say a few, a while back when they did the reboot series of Star Trek films. Yes. I think it was the third one that the trailer for it released and they played a Beastie Boys song. And people didn't like it. That that was the the music for the trailer, which I kind of get. Yeah, it doesn't really make me think Star Trek, this right. austere you know version of science fiction. Where, where's the jazz at, baby? And re re researching this, I caught on to what some other people have already realized, and that it was kind of an in joke, uh -huh. the song that they chose to play. Come on, everyone, it's a sabotage, <laughs> sabotage, sabotage. Oh man, sabotage. A bona fide classic, a song that is so whiny uh -huh. in the best way possible, yeah. in, in the way that only the Beasties can bring you. Good bass lines, rest in peace. I'm
Now all I can hear is sabotage. Uh, that sickens me. Please don't tell me how to rap. It sickens me. <laughs> We watched an episode of Star Trek, the animated series. Uh, this episode is called Mud's Passion, originally broadcast November 10th, 1973. Mud's Passion. <laughs> Mud's Passion. It kind of sounds like uh, like it's it's God's Passion, like it's a chapter. Yeah. It's the name of a chapter in a modern Christian book, but it's, it's, it's about mud, though. Yeah. Mud with an M-U-D-D. Mud's Passion. Mud's Passion of Christ. Yes. <laughs> So when we catch up with the crew of the USS Enterprise, yes. they are in hot pursuit of one Harcourt Fenton Harry mm-hmm. Mud. That is a fancy ass name. With a fancy outfit. He, he's got oh man. It. We have to talk about how he looks. Cause he he has like a big greased or waxed mustache. Uh-huh. It's thick. Yes. He has a comb over that is just some strands over the top. He's a heavy set man. Too many buttons unbuttoned on your shirt. Yes, like a naval captain's tunic yeah. with tasseled shoulder pads. He looks and sounds like he should be in a khaki safari suit overseeing <laughs> the ivory trade. <laughs> yes. And or he's a debutante's evil uncle in a mm-hmm. period drama. As I said, welcome to Motherlode, a charming planet which does not recognize Federation law. This guy was on the original series a few times. Yes. He actually showed up most recently in Star Trek Discovery, the current show, the current flagship Star Trek show. Yeah. But even there, I mean, there was one thing you could call this guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I hate to reuse it so soon after Beetlejuice. Yep. But the man's a swindler. Yes. They yeah. even call him that more than once in the episode. I, uh, I, I wrote on my notes, yes, Carnival Barker, yeah. Swindler. Swindler. Yeah. He looks like when he when he sits on your couch, he's going to leave a sweat imprint. A hundred percent. Well, I mean, when you're doing, when you're a confidence man, yes. your body still knows that something may go awry, okay. no matter how confident you feel. So you will sweat. <laughs> and the trick is letting it sweat out the back of you and not on your forehead uh-huh. where they can see it. Yeah, He is a con man. Uh, I want to talk, like, here's the thing, because I had to read about it to understand what's happening here. Okay. So now you have to hear about it. Yes. Thank you. His history with the Enterprise. Okay. Yeah. Tell me it's, his it's, not, it's not long, but it is always something to do with the ladies. Oof. He's a fan of those ladies. Yeah, baby. The first time they ran into him, he was selling a bogus beauty drug. Mm-hmm. He had something that he said would make ladies gorgeous. He brought three ladies on the ship. Yeah. Didn't work out for him. <laughs> he was arrested. <laughs> By, and arrested is a funny term to me in in a a future where everything's supposed to be great. Yeah. We figured out how to weed out criminality, uh-huh. supposedly, but this guy still exists. But we brought it back for a little bit. Yeah. So they sent him off, and we're going to hear this term more than once, okay. to rehabilitation therapy, which is to, I guess, just get to the, the core issue of why are you committing crimes? Uh-huh. Why are you swindling? Why must you swindle? And then to rehabilitate him. Yeah. Well, either he broke out of that or it just, that shit doesn't work. Uh-huh. Uh, Cause it happened again. Yeah. And this time the end of it, the end of this adventure, the crew members of the enterprise left Harry Mudd with 500 robot versions of his estranged wife, <laughs> which is a perfect sitcom dad punishment. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And so they said, I mean, obviously rehabilitation therapy isn't working for this guy. You don't say. And I, I don't think you should try to change him. Uh-uh. I think he's not really, he, I don't, I think he is enough of a goober 
Yeah, he's a, a peanut cla- head. Yeah. yeah, a classic pinhead. Uh-huh. And I don't mean Hellraiser. Yeah. Shout out. He's not a Hellraiser. He's like the, the fat of the Cenobites with the glasses. I forget that guy's <laughs> name, but he's more like that guy. I got you. Just going to let him be, man, because he's going to fuck himself up. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work out. Uh, swindler's going to swindle Yeah, is the truth of the matter here. <laughs> swindlers be swindling. <laughs> Tilda swindling. <laughs> Sinners uh, swindling my thumbs. <laughs> Swindlers be swindling. Swindlers gonna swindle. You can't stop that, dude. So now this, the third encounter, I believe, with the Enterprise, and canonical or not, Harry yep, Mudd is here, yep. played by the original actor. This time it is love crystals. It's a love drug. It's a love drug, baby. We're bringing drugs, I want a baby. New love crystal. <laughs> love crystals, which just to say the the phrase, the mm-hmm. term. It sounds like we're talking about a fantasy. Yes. Not a sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And even though we combine them at Borders now, or yeah. Borders doesn't exist, at Barnes & Noble, <laughs> um, they're really quite different because you'll like one, doesn't mean like the other. Borders is out? That's Borders sucking. is done. That's man. done, huh? Borders has been done for a long time. It's a bummer. Damn it, baby. <laughs> Damn it, baby. Damn it, baby. Damn it, baby. Why'd you do me like that, Borders? <laughs> It was Amazon. Why'd you do borders like that? Oof, That's the question. Shout out. So before we get into the full plot here of these love crystals mm-hmm. and of Harry Mudd and his mini, <laughs> I mean, why this is the concern of a Starfleet ship, I guess they, they're just, their charge is to, if there's trouble of any kind, you should fix it. Unless yeah. it, unless it's going to somehow mess with the development of an underdeveloped society, then do not do. <laughs> Although they always do. They always do. For whatever reason, he he they're, they're on the lookout for him. But the thing to know about this show and about Gene Roddenberry, creator yep. of Star Trek. Okay. Gene Roddenberry struggled with lifelong chronic boner frenzy. He was a horny guy. Okay. Mean Gene, more like horny Gene. My condolences. I think most people tend to agree. If you watch the show, uh-huh. you would kind of know it. It had a trickle-down effect. <laughs> like if the if the man at the top is horny, the show's gonna be horny. Uh. Uh, Star Trek, especially the original series, famously horny show. If you look at the way that the ladies are dressed, they're wearing go-go boots and go-go dresses. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Kirk's sleeping with all kinds of green ladies, as past Travis told us in his clip earlier. Yeah, shut up. It's just a horny show. But beyond that, some (laughs) version of the plot we're about to encounter, Uh a a horny incident, we'll call it. (laughs) This has happened numerous times across different versions of this show. It happened more than once on The Next Generation. It happened more than once on the original series. It's just something horny is going to happen. Space is the horniest place in the universe. <laughs> and it, see, I mean, it happens so much on these shows that what ensues in this plot seems preventable uh-huh. to me. Like, Because it's happened multiple times on this Enterprise. Yes. They should have a sign-up that says, however many days since <laughs> horny incident. <laughs> Zero days. Zero days. Yeah, it's it's. I doubt it's gone above seven or eight. Uh-huh. I think a week is pushing. Oh, it for you, them. okay. Yeah, I think a week is. No, no, yeah, because it's not so, every episode. But okay, so they've had some day. Okay, gotcha. they've had a few days where no horny incidents that were reported. I think it would just be a painted zero. So, what are we talking about? We are talking about the love crystals that make people fall in love with each other. Yes, and attractive. Yeah, Harry Mud has these love crystals, and he is peddling them. At what looks like a parking lot tent that uh. sells like wall tapestries and rugs, <laughs> but in a parking lot on the planet of the apes. Because he is he is talking to uh like space roughnecks, yes. miners, yeah. and half of them are apparently a bear, a half bear human species. Mm-hmm. It's total snake oil salesman in the old west. Yeah. But in space. <laughs> 
Mud is up on a stage just yelling. With this magical liquid, no person of the opposite sex can resist you. It matters not whether you are young, old, fat, ugly, or repugnant. The people that are there, the miners, are surprisingly ready to buy these, what's essentially a, a day rape drug. Yes. Including one female member who cries out for it. Mm. <laughs> he puts on a display that I, I would call chilling. Uh, because he has a woman on stage, we think. Yes. She is clearly under the influence of the love crystal. She speaks like she's she's had her brain washed. Yes, very soft. Harry, darling, I was lonely for you. It's really very creepy and would be extra, extra, extra inappropriate, except for the fact that it is not as it seems. Because the Star Trek gang shows up and they call horseshit. Yes. And Spock <laughs> fires a phaser at the woman, and she turns into a, a Regellian hypnoid. A Regellian hypnoid. Which is just like a bearded lizard. Yeah. <laughs> and that he was just using to fake the whole thing. He doesn't think, Mud, mm -hmm. he doesn't think that the love crystals actually work. He thinks this is a grift. And he used this lizard that yeah. hypnotizes, I guess, to pose as a woman <laughs> to make everything think the love crystals work. It's just like the Old West. When, the, when you find out the oil salesman is bullshit, they just start throwing rocks at him. Mm -hmm. And I guess th these are the rocks that they're mining. <laughs> I mean, why don't they have lasers? <laughs> but they chase him off and the Star Trek... I'm, we're just going to call them the Star Trek gang. Yeah, that's fun. Because yeah. I don't want to say Enterprise. I barely yeah. can say USS Enterprise, it seems like. <laughs> the Star Trek gang, they, they arrest him, essentially. And this is when things start to heat up. Real quick, we got to touch on a character, Nurse Christine Chapel, who was played by Majel Barrett. You may have heard her name earlier. Majel Barrett was married to Mean Gene Roddenberry. She was uh, Luaxana Troy on Star Trek: The Next Generation, and even though a lot of people don't love those episodes, I think she's funny. I think she's she's good at what yeah. she does. So I, yeah. uh, whatever nepotism might have been occurring that he was putting his wife in all these mini versions. Like she played the voice of the computer uh -huh. on the ship and has always done that up until recently. Computer, recognize Jean-Luc Picard, Alpha 2 priority and reestablish separation procedure immediately. Orders regarding command functions are no longer accepted from your present location. She has a crush on Spock, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And uh, that figures into the whole like, oh, he's always off in his own world thing and I need to go save him from that. Yeah. And that's probably what he wants. Mm -hmm. Fucking creep. Yeah. Apparently, there's still lots of virtual paperwork in the future because everybody's doing reports on everything that happens. Yeah, they still haven't figured that out. No, just <laughs> is not everything being filmed at this point. Yeah. Just log the film and then put it away. Go digi. Spock's like, I got to make a report. Christine Chapel, I need you to do a medical report on this man that we just arrested. She just flirts the barest bit uh -huh. with Spock. Yeah. All she says is, of course, Mr. Spock. I think you deserve congratulations for trapping him so cleverly. Instead of taking it or just saying thank you, yep. Spock has to be an asshole and say, You exaggerate, nurse. Kindly see that your medical <laughs> summary is more precise. He doesn't have to say that. Burn in hell, Spock. Yeah, seriously, because fuck him. I mean, you don't... <laughs> logically, you can understand why someone would do that uh -huh. and then say, I don't want that from you. Yeah. Instead of... That's dumb. Being a logical asshole. He go, he's the most efficient at being an asshole uh -huh. that I've ever met. Uh, so he he shuts her down hard, uh -huh. uh, Christine Chapel. Yes. And so when she goes to talk to Harry Mudd about his medical condition, I guess, because we got to put that on the books. Yeah. He starts selling her on these love crystals. 
He doesn't think they're real. Turns out they are. Yeah. Oh, it's real thing. They're really real. Yeah. <laughs> As he explains to her, these love crystals are, uh, for starters, you break them open and there's liquid inside. So I don't mm-hmm. even think you can call that a crystal. Uh, that's like a gusher. <laughs> that's a gusher. They're gushers of love. <laughs> love gushers. Oh, no. <laughs> but I guess it works like pheromone perfume, mm-hmm. where it's like you just rub it on yourself and then you touch the person that you, your victim. Yeah. This is a woman, Christine Chapel, who is, I, I don't know if she's taking a Hippocratic Oath. I don't know if the nurses do that, but you're adjacent to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're also a Starfleet officer. Mm-hmm. You are living in a future where people are supposedly way evolved and, and way better, just better than us. And yet, she's quite willing to drug her crewmate and friend <laughs> just to get laid. I mean, well, listen, you could do that in yesterday's future. Esmond is explaining how the whole thing works, you know, mm-hmm. treat it like a perfume. Yeah. He gets real specific uh, because I, I guess the love crystals like come with a particular belief system mm-hmm. that they want to push. Yep. The crystals recognize heterosexual love between men mm-hmm. and women. Yep. Basically, <laughs> cis males and cis females are allowed. It will get them together and they will get busy. One touch evokes friendship between men or women, but between woman and man, love. Guaranteed. I don't want to be hijacked by any crystal for no. any purposes, no. uh, uh, so any type of sex, any even for friendship. Mm-hmm. Like our friendship is real. I don't want you to reveal like, hey, by the way, I've been rubbing you with crystals this whole God dang, that'd be horrible, time. wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it would. <laughs> Since 2017. <laughs> Just give me that crystal business. <laughs> You've been really keeping airy mud in, in business there. Yes. <laughs> but I say uh, love crystals are canceled. Yeah. You got to cancel them. You Forget can't. Forget them, bro. Look, yeah. I mean, they're, they're morally questionable at very best. Uh-huh. And uh, this just takes it over the line. So Christine Chapel is going to test out the love crystals effects on Spock. Mm-hmm. She brings him the reports yeah. and just the worst pratfall into his lap. <laughs> and this is a man who's just basically said, don't even say that I deserve kudos for uh-huh. something. That's too much for me. <laughs> He does not respond well mm-hmm. to that, and she does not respond well to his bad response. Yeah. She gets mad, I guess, kind of at Harry Mud because the thing doesn't work, but also I think it's Spock for the rejection. The crystals are working. It just takes a little time, especially because he's a half, he's a half, well, he's all asshole, but he's half Vulcan, <laughs> half man. In the time that this is going, she, she goes back to Bud and she's pissed. Yeah. The thing is, when she let him out, he escaped. He stole her ID. He stole her phaser. Kind of an asshole, Mud. Yeah, is, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just going to swindle. Like he's yeah. just. This is what happens when you try to contain a swindler. If you don't let them be natural, yeah, <laughs> they'll steal your shit. That's, and re up on a bunch of crystals. You're. They made him do all that. Like he. He was happy just swindling people on yeah. the planet. Uh-huh. Now they put him in a situation where he has to escape to keep swindling. You made me do this. Exactly. To you. Why did you make me do this? <laughs> While she is chasing him down because he's going to try and steal a shuttle and leave. Yes. They come up on and, and they're exploring, uh, which is just what that the ship just drifts through space. You're just cruising. You're, mm-hmm. You were right. Just cruising for, well, no bruisings. No bruisings. And they come up on what they call a class M planet. Mm. In Star Trek, that just means a planet that can house humanoid life. Mm. Yes. Basically. Uh, I think of it as class M, M as in most people could live here. Okay, or class M mammal. So no lizards allowed. No lizards, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's in a binary system, meaning two suns. So a class M planet that's rare. Hey, let's go touch down on it. And that's a pretty cool bit uh. of their job. It's like, hey, I want to go there. <laughs> it's like you're always on a road trip in any ant farm or cavern that you pass. You got to go check it out. That's your job. <laughs> well, these guys are going goo-goo for this planet upstairs, completely unbeknownst to them downstairs in the shuttle bay, Mud has overtaken Christine Chapel and is escaping on a shuttle to that very M-class planet. <laughs> What's even worse is that during the fight, Mud had dropped some of his love crystals. Mm -hmm. Christine Chapel fired her phaser at him, missed, hit the love crystals. They were evaporated and now are seeping into the Enterprise's ventilation system in gaseous form. That's not good. No. That's uh, not good. It's, it's like Spanish fly in the punch. Yes. If it worked. Uh -huh. Or like Viagra in the punch, let's oh, say. <laughs> if, you, man. if you put Viagra in the punch at a college event. Oh, jeez, dude. This is the horny incident <laughs> that is to come. Pratt fall right into laps <laughs> into all lap. over. I would say if there's Viagra in the punch, do not do any Pratt falls into laps. Stay away from laps for, I believe, uh, if it's longer than eight hours, you got to yeah. call your doctor. <laughs> By the time that they realize that Chapel has gone missing. Yeah. And that they're escaping on a shuttle to this class M planet. Spock has done a 180. He's not a cool customer anymore. Uh. No, no, he is. He's a hot customer. <laughs> hot for Christine Chapel. Hot and bothered. He actually goes into the main part of the ship and starts telling his friends. It sounds like he's drunk or tripping. I wish to report a, um, a number of very strange um, emotions. Even in that state, he has to make a report uh -huh. about emotions. And statistics, yeah. yeah. He's like, please write this down mm -hmm. and put it into the system. Kirk doesn't get a whole lot of time to shine in this. Uh, yeah. he, a little bit towards the he, end. He's had his hour. I guess All so. Right. This has really been the Christine Chapel hour, if, yeah. or uh, 20 minutes, if anything. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's a perfect Christian singer name, by the way. Christine Chapel. Yeah, it is. If there are any Christine Chapels out there, you know what you're meant for. <laughs> Once they see that Christine Chapel has been kidnapped by Harry Mudd. They're going down to this planet to, I guess he's just trying to get away. Mm -hmm. All he knows is to get free. Right. Spock's argument for going to the place himself, because there's all on this show, there are all kinds of procedures and rules about who goes where and what mm -hmm. and when. Really, the captain's supposed to stay on the ship, but he didn't care about that shit. <laughs> he's the maverick. <laughs> right. But Spock says, I need to go after her. His argument is, I want to hold her in my arms. Uh. <laughs> That is the reason you should let me go when you recognize that I'm in an altered state. I've never felt like this before. I am pretty much the opposite of my normal self. <laughs> and Kirk just says, like, yeah, we should let him do it. The doc, Bones, is saying, no, 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 no. Kirk just says yes. And I think for him, it's just like, oh, you're horny? I get it. Let's roll. <laughs> like he he understands if you got a lady under your skin, you just gotta get you just gotta get that itch out. You gotta baby. crash the yeah. shit, baby. You gotta get in there. So he goes, they both beam down. To this planet because Kirk, I think, understands what it's like to be horny. <laughs> this is we're, we're topping. We're topping our, our record for how many times horny oh, can be man. said on a single episode. So Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock beam down to this planet, which is a classic Star Trek planet. It also fits into a lot of the cartoons that we watch. It's a wasteland. Yep. Desert and rocks. <laughs> Cavernous. And I, man, looking at any, even this is even true on The Next Generation uh -huh. and, and beyond. Like, that is what most planets look like. Arizona, baby. It's, yes, We're yes. Somewhere in the middle of Arizona. <laughs> entering Arizona. That's where they end up. It's just a bunch of brown. Yes. And immediately... We get to witness, maybe for the for only time in the original series' 
continuity. <laughs> so I, maybe they got, to, I think they got more emotional in the films. Yes. But I don't think they ever had any bro out moments uh-huh. quite like this. It's a bromance. It is drug induced. Because the drug has gotten into everyone on the ship system. They just don't realize just how much yet. Yeah. Spock and Kirk, they touch each other because Spock almost falls over. It's just uh-huh. a bullshit reason to get him to touch him. <laughs> Spock says, Thanks, Jim. It's good to have a friend like you. Strange, that's the way I feel about you too. My dear friend Spock. And then they hug. Uh-huh. They just kind of sit there with their arms around each other like, <laughs> like two drunk bros that have just realized it's okay to say that to their friend. Yeah. And I hope that once this is all over, They'll remember that they said this, like, oh, shit, I told Spock I loved him. Uh, I don't know. Is it okay if I keep saying that? That they can awkwardly acknowledge and keep exploring saying that. Because you and I have been saying it for a while. Yeah, for sure, But man. we didn't have to get fucked up. We're in our 30s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're seasoned players here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so fine like, to do I, it. Yeah. I, I've been saying I love you, oh, man, just years now. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like it's a thing that you, It's. I guess it's kind of like sleeping together, maybe for some people in a relationship where it's like two people get drunk. And then they have sex. Uh-huh. And when they come out of it, they're like, oh, it's weird because I, I do like you. Maybe we should start talking about it more. And the same thing happens with male friends of, you know, it's okay. Man, I do love you. Yeah, and you eventually sleep together you fucking and, say it. and then you start saying it. They got issues. The issues are giant monsters that live on the planet that pretty much are the mountains. Yes. And they do look good. I'll, I'll say these are, like these are cool designs. They just look like... They just look like big turds, though. Uh-huh. These are turd monsters that are. It looks like somebody, somebody's dog, giant dog, went on the planet, and they didn't have any baggies with them. Yeah, and then <laughs> monsters. Once the monster attack happens, and they're huge, like they could never have done this on the show. They're gigantic, yeah. Godzilla-sized, yeah, for sure. Creature turds. This would have bankrupt uh, the whole thing. Yeah, probably. and I don't think you can push shit on TV in 1969. Uh-huh. Not that kind of shit. <laughs> Kirk keeps calling back to the Enterprise. And I, I wish that he got upset about it. Mm-hmm. He can't beam back up once they find Harry Mudd and Christine Chapel because the Enterprise has turned into like the the tamest nightclub. <laughs> it's not it's not like it, boom, spoon, 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 it's a teen club. Boom, boom. Yeah, it's it's a handhold club. <laughs> Erex, the three legged or the three legged and three armed man, is playing the lute. I guess that's something he likes. Uh-huh. Uh, people are dancing to kind of jazz. They're not responding. Bones, the doctor, is holding court, spinning yarns for the ladies. And I'm sure some of these stories might be true, but you're embellishing in a way that I just can't support. Uh. Just to get sexual attention. <laughs> so these people are just, and I, it's a drug. You can't help that there's a drug in the system and all this stuff. But again, they have encountered this type of thing before mm-hmm. where everybody is suddenly horny for everybody et cetera, et cetera. These are trained specialists from Starfleet. They get sent to school for years to be in this, and then you rise in the ranks due to merit. How do you report, <laughs> as Captain Kirk, how do you report this back to your superiors? <laughs> I apprehended a criminal. I didn't frisk him, apparently, for love crystals, the things that he was selling, the contraband. He not so much tricked as just seduced one of my own <laughs> officers, my nurse, into using the drug on another member of the crew. Uh-huh. Uh, I had no idea that any of this was happening. Me and Spock had full-blown sex. <laughs> full, full, full-out sex. Yes. I, 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 I thought you were about to reset. <laughs> I thought you were going to walk that back. <laughs> I thought you were going to say se- friend sex, like the equivalent of sex with friends. No. No. Okay, you're so you're positing that off screen they had some sex. Full-blown full- sex. <laughs> After the pod's over, I want you to let me in on what full-blown sex well, is. I will. Please. I will. 
just how do you tell them that not only did all that happen and then you you were in danger's way and the ship was in danger because your crew was out of control and you couldn't get back to them. But that this is not the first time, this isn't even the first time this has happened, but you're coming back with numbers saying 50 horny incidents in a quarter. Uh This is hard to defend. Yeah. And I would be, if, and it's really not his fault, I don't think, but... It's not not his fault, it's though. Not, he is responsible at the end of the day, yeah. Kirk. Uh-huh. He's in charge of everything. Yeah. So once they all get together on the planet with the monsters there, the horniness continues. Somehow, <laughs> even though he hasn't touched her, because that's part of the, the thing, Kirk is now also horny for Christine Chapel. Yep. So him and Spock start getting kind of adversarial. You end up finding out that when people take the drug... They're horny for a little bit, and then they're just kind of hangry. <laughs> at horngry? What is like a post-horny angry? Ho- I like horngry. Horngry. Yeah, I'll roll with They're horngry. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, but to me, that seems like it's the kind of angry you get when you're hungry for sex. <laughs> God. <laughs> Man, we're going to put two explicit uh, uh-huh. warnings on this one. Full-blown yeah. sex. That's what happens when you take it, is that you are eventually you just start. They say it like it turns into hate. And I think it's just that you're hung over and you don't want to hear any loud noises or bright lights. But Kirk says, maybe we can distract the monsters with those last few love crystals you have. They actually worked. And Spock says, that is an outstandingly stupid idea. And immediately corrects himself because, oh, man, I'm under the influence of drugs. But you should if you live in a world where these types of things are possible evil twins, possession, uh-huh. love crystals. You should always just speak your mind. Say, fuck you. I'm sorry. There was a passing alien that took over my my brain here for a second. And there's no way to unprove it. Yes, for sure. That's what he says. And the thing is, it's not a bad idea. It's a distraction so that they can just keep the monsters away long enough to stall until the people upstairs that the Enterprise are ready to beam them aboard and stop fucking around. Uh-huh. So he just throws the ju- the things, the crystals into the monster's mouth and it starts defending them from the other monster. There's two of these rock monsters floating around. And then they beam up. And let me let me tell you what doesn't happen. Yeah. Christine Chapel is never even reprimanded. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one on the ship is court-martialed uh-huh. for being errant in their duty. It's basically only Mud, who, who is rightful. He is a criminal. He's selling drugs. They say to him, rehabilitation therapy again for you, which is not something ain't working here. Five counts of swindling. (laughs) Yes. Federal swindling. Yes. (laughs) Felony swindling. Uh That's what it is. Yes. The swindler's getting sent off for rehabilitation Accessory to swindling. There you go. Yes. No, adjacent to swindling. Yes. Uh, Swindling while... uh, Swindling on a Saturday. Yes. (laughs) Driving while being a swindler. Jay swindling. I think that takes the cake. Yep. The swindler's going to go back to rehabilitation therapy. He just, it's really just a vacation for him. I mean, this is, uh, you know, I'm pretty liberal on crime, but I feel like they went too far uh-huh. the other direction when this is all that happens as it keeps doing this. But if I'm Kirk, I come back on, on board. If I'm not sending everybody to a court martial, like under law of Starfleet, I wouldn't be able they to sleep. might need it. Yeah. They need the rehabilitation therapy. Chapel certainly does. Uh-huh. She's willing to rape her. Spock. Seriously, that's what that is. He didn't consent to any of this. Every if I come back, here's the thing. Yeah. If I say, okay, look, the reason I can't punish all of you in the official way is because I'll look bad. Uh-huh. I've had one too many. They told me if it's one more horny incident on this ship this quarter, I'm Donzo. Yep. Okay. So if I'm Kirk, everybody's pushing towels. Yes. They're going to go to the gymnasium. They're going to push those fucking towels. This is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. This is corporal punishment. Yes. And th- sometimes 
Rehabilitation therapy doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. And somebody's got to push some towels. <laughs> On today's episode. On today's episode is the segment of Days Past Tooncast where we set off into the stars looking for morality in the cartoons that we watch. Star Trek is famously moral. They had they had aliens. Some of them had black and white faces, and the other ones had white and black faces, and they were <laughs> warring with each other. If only they could see, they're just the same. So that's that's the kind of thing we're dealing with. So, Travis, yeah, did Star Trek the Animated Series teach you anything on today's episode? You know what, Will? Um, glad you brought this up because it did. So, love is a fickle beast. Uh, you and me both know this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to have a little edge on the competition. So, uh, just make sure you do your research, you know? F- find a good, <laughs> clean, credible love drug dealer. I mean, maybe I suggest maybe going on a few dates with that person, really finding out who they are, you know, so you can trust them. The dealer. Yeah, the dealer. Okay, making yeah. sure. Yeah, so you can, uh, you know, you can have a reliable hookup for life and and have that edge you, uh, you've you been fiending for. So, yes. <laughs> how, how do you... How do you, how do you find yourself a, a drug dealer? <laughs> no. <laughs> I just wanted to... This, this is smart. Yeah. That's smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard it's also important to only use the love drugs with consenting adults. Is that is that just implicit? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Just wanted to be clear. Yeah. I do. I do think it's it's important to know your dealer, though. It, I mean, it really is. I mean, hell, you might even find yourself a a good lifelong friend. What if you What if you used the drug on the dealer? They're not allowed. There, you can't no, sample. No, uh, you, you, you can't get high in your own supply. You got to have rules, man. Will? Yes. What did you learn? On today's episode, I learned, mm-hmm. and I think you'll agree with me, Travis. Yeah, because this is this all could have been avoided. This mm-hmm. entire horny incident. Yep. If you just accept that Swindler's gonna swindle, mm. Harry Mudd was gonna swindle. He's already swindled. You put him through rehab. Mm-hmm. He's still swindling. He was swindling on a planet. Yep. He's gonna swindle after this next rehab stay. Okay. This is why we have circuses and carnivals and alleys mm-hmm. and, and bazaars, mm-hmm. flea markets. Yes. These are the proper places for swindling. And if you don't let them have those spaces, you got to give them a place to do. It's like the wire. It is like <laughs> the wire. It's like Hamsterdam on the wire. If you saw it, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. You, you just, you're not going to stop the swindling. The war on swindling is, is, a, is an endless war. Okay? Mm-hmm. So it is best to let swindlers swindle you give them a place to do it or else they're going to be showing up at your doorstep so just let them swindle seriously guys thank you so much everyone for joining us on this journey uh, a trek mm-hmm. through the stars mm-hmm. it seems like you're leaving footprints on stars if you take a trek <laughs> through the stars so be careful <laughs> if you're doing that Hey, if you want to take a real trek, a, a, a good trek for a good cause, trek on over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review and write a review, a written review. The words, make a report is what we're asking. <laughs> hey, and also check out our Twitter and Instagram at DPTuneCast. And listen, if you love that that red button with the triangle, I think the play button, the YouTube, <laughs> if you, you like that little guy on your phone, click on that. 
Will, didn't we do a little rap over there? I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. did. It was a rap music video that was a mashup of the X-Men 1992 animated series theme with Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby, Baby Got, got Bad, right? Uh, double up, uh, uh, That's correct? right. Yeah. It's called X-Men Attack. If you just go to YouTube and search for Days Past Tooncast, you'll find it there, or you can just follow the link in the show notes. Mm, so good. Travis, I'm looking at the numbers here. Yeah, you are. I'm looking at the reports. Yeah. I'm going over the logs. I see you looking ship, through. Yeah. And what I see here is either a numerical error mm. of repetition yeah. or an important indication of what's to come next. Because I'm looking down and it, it looks to me that this is our episode number nine. nine. Is, that is, a, is that what it says? It says that. But I'm I'm just wanting to make sure that there's not an error but could somewhere. It, could, could you flip the letter? Could you flip them and it'd be nine nine instead of nine? Yeah, nine? you know what? It's still nine nine. I think it's oh, ninety nine. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. Okay, so what we're sitting on right here uh-huh. is the 99th episode of the Days Past Tooncast. Jesus, yeah. and that means that the next episode that uh-huh. we release is ninety nine and a half. Mm, no, don't tempt me. Okay. Yeah, we we'll just keep we'll just start doing it ninety nine point one, ninety nine point two. Uh, for on and on and on, never yeah. reach 100. Yeah. No, episode number 100 is coming up Dude, next. We're, fi- we're finally there. We're finally here. Oh my gosh. Come back. Look, we're going to hang tough is what we're going to do. Okay. We're going to let it all hang out and just enjoy a tune and more importantly, enjoy each other. Oh man, it's beautiful. Until episode 100, guys, thank you all so much for joining us. Yes. And until next time, Travis. Mm-hmm. Tutor my duter. Mmm. Swindling is a dish best served cold. Tutor my duter. Super educated. I'm smarter than Spock. Spock. Tell you with the echo. Swin swindly, swin swindly, swin swindly. I'm swindling me and I'm swindling you. You swindled me and you swindled everybody I cared about. <laughs> You never swindled me a day in your life. You never went on a swindler. You never swindled a swindler. You can't swindle a swindler. That's what they say. But guess what? I got swindled, and I'm a swindler since the day I was born. So if you think you can't swindle a swindler, I got other swindler news for you. Just click the link below in the just, notes. Just swindle that smash button. Swindle that, that like button, okay? Swindler's list. Mm. All, all that, look, all that is. Drop the mic, man. All that is. Uh-huh. So nobody gets, uh, you know, worried. <laughs> the Swindler's List uh-huh. is a publication yeah. that circulates amongst Swindlers uh-huh. and tells people, I'm sorry, tells Swindlers which marks mm-hmm. are good for another swindle. Which ones are the most gullible? <laughs> That's all it is.